0: It's an industry that I generally love, I have a passion for. I, I, I eat, sleep,
1: I live for fitness. No, you need to be obsessed. You need to wake up, think about it, you need to go to bed, think about your clients, think about your progress, think about what you can do better.
0: Genuinely, like just be like patient and take your time.
1: Like that that is like you've gotta take it all in, in the right steps. You've got a nail what you do in person before you go and like i don't like to talk about fear the fears is usually something that makes your worries real welcome to the coaching united podcast my name is alex povey if you're a new listener the show is released every sunday on all the major platforms including spotify and itunes so be sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a show Every week, we invite a new guest from the fitness industry or coaching space to share their personal journey in business. We will deep dive into actionable ideas, strategies, and systems that you can apply in your life and business too. You can also access free weekly content in our private Facebook group by searching Coaching Ignited. And if you're a face-to-face personal trainer with room to take on additional clients, head over to coachingignited.com where you can apply for our 30-day Client Accelerator program and find out more about our business, sales, and marketing training platform. Now let's get into this week's episode. Enjoy the show. So before we get into this week's episode, I just want to update you that the podcast is now going to be released every single Wednesday. And on today's episode, we've got a fantastic guest from the USA. So from over the pond, we have got Raz Slaughter. And Raz is a multiple studio owner and a very successful entrepreneur in the fitness space. And this is not like any other podcast that we've recorded before. This is a completely new topic. And there's gonna be a ton of new insights and value for you. If you've considered maybe moving to a studio, setting up a studio or building a team, Raz shares his entire experience from doing this from scratch and building three locations. And amongst building these successful businesses, Raz has sold over $2 million worth of personal training. He's done some amazing work in the space. He's really fine-tuned his message, his audience, and the people who he impacts. And we're going to share all of that on today's episode. So if you enjoy the show, I'd really appreciate if you left us A nice little five-star review because that would really help us spread the message and create more awareness to create more impact and help more people with their businesses. As always, sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. All right, so we're live on the podcast. Great to have you here, buddy. Glad we could set this up. And for all the listeners, people that are tuning into this, I kind of want them to kind of get a flavor of you your journey, where you've come from, and where you've got to today. So can you tell us like, how you got into the fitness, tree, fitness industry and how this all began for you? Sure, man.
0: Well, first of all, thanks, Alex. I really appreciate being here, having an opportunity to uh, connect with your listeners and share a little bit of my story of uh, just kind of, because I think it's a little unique for a lot of personal trainers, studio owners. Um, I got into the industry because I was an athlete. Um, I was a wrestler in high school and, and then I got into college and I just really didn't know what the hell I was going to do. A good buddy of mine from Ireland started training and I thought pretty much, I mean, we all have friends like this, but he wasn't the smartest apple in the bunch. And uh, I'm like, if he could do it, I could do it. And right away, um, I, uh, I joined the gym and I I tried to get the job. And the first thing they said to me was Roz, um, you know what? We have a front desk job available, but we don't have any personal training jobs available. I didn't understand what he meant at the time, but um, just to get let your listeners understand, I was born with a birth defect. My right leg is shorter than the other. I have no quadricep or hamstring on my right leg, so it's fused at the knee joint, and it doesn't flex or extend. So we fitness professionals know what that means. I have a super limp, three inches different on my right side. So basically what this guy was telling me was I didn't fit the script. I didn't look like all the other trainers, blonde hair, blue eyes, six foot two, and ripped. Um, And he didn't think that I would be able to do the job. So right away, I said, I have to take this job. I took the front desk job um, at this small training place. And uh, really, within a short period of time, I met everybody. I shook hands, kids, babies, kind of just became a mayor of that gym. And I started and, and I got my first certification. This is back in 2000. So I've been doing this a while now in 2019, And uh, I started there. And the rest is history, man. I went on to work with some of the bigger gyms here in the United States, uh, Equinox, New York Sports Club, Crunch. Um, Those are the big box gyms that really dominate uh, the personal training space early on. And I learned early that, you know, I just did not like working for someone else. Um, It really was a struggle for me because I knew that I love to motivate and inspire people and the way they wanted me to do it wasn't the way that it was my passion. It wasn't in my soul. So um, within a few years of working and and just busting my ass for Equinox, um, my grandmother got sick and she got sick with cancer and I had to take care of it. I missed two weeks of work. Within that two weeks, after giving years of my life to them, they basically took my health insurance away. Um, they dropped me down in my tier, and I, it was just like I wasn't a part of their team and community. So at that moment, back in 2007, I declared that I would never work for anyone again in my life. And I basically, that was in November, and December 1st, I told my clients, 30 of my clients decided they were going to stay with me. I went across the street to an independent gym, started paying rent there, and I started my company. And that is where Breakthroughs to Fitness, my original company, started with 30 clients, all just jumping ship with me. Um, I didn't know shit about marketing, sales, operations, anything that we need to know about growing a business. But I did know that I was passionate, passionate about helping people really achieve their greatness. And uh, my clients saw it. I brought on a business partner shortly. And uh, the rest is history. Now I got five personal training studios underneath my belt that I've been able to start. And I also help studio owners now understand the simplicity of building their own profitable business that they love.
1: Mm. Amazing story, man. Great to see the journey that you've been through and uh, how this all began for you. What I'm kind of interested in getting into before we jump onto how you help fit pros or how you help people with their studios like You must have been through maybe some pains and frustrations when you started yours, some challenges, because like business is not easy. Business is fucking hard, right? It's going to chew you up and it's going to spit you out. Maybe you had an easy ride, but I can imagine there's going to be some challenges that you came into, some roadblocks. I want to dive into those. I want to dive into the challenges before we look at the triumphs and some of the successes that happened afterwards. So what challenged you in those early days of setting up the first the first studio man
0: oh so uh it was definitely not a ride to success easy for, for no mean um i grew up i didn't I, I didn't come from a lot of money so i didn't have a you know a silver spoon in my mouth or anything like that um the, the, one of the toughest triumphs is actually when I, I was working inside a studio um and just finding my own brand and being able to be unique without just being like everybody else. Um, that was the first thing. And then when we, when I went out to open my first studio, I had no equipment, I had no money. I had like probably, I think we had like $8,000 and we were able to, we had to do reconstruction, paint. We had to bring in equipment and everything. And we didn't have no way to market. So the only way I could market was belly to belly. I went out and I talked to people. I share, I, I handed out business cards. Um, I did lead boxes, I did whatever I could I did lunch and learns. I would drive 45 minutes to a location and do a lunch and learn, knowing that most likely none of those clients would ever come to my studio, but I was just trying to get out there and do whatever I could.
1: What are those lunch and learns? Talk to me about those lunch and learns. That is true grafting, getting out there and pitching and getting people interested. What is that lunch and learn and what was going down in the lunch and learns? Sure, so
0: I, I, I crafted a 45 minute presentation where 30 minutes of it was content. I did about five minutes of Q&A and 10 minute pitch. And I had to do it in less than an hour because people didn't have very much time. And I had to make sure that I nailed the the landing. And the landing was setting up a consultation. And I brought my business partner, Greg, with me, and he knew exactly when to start handing out the the appointment sheets. And what we would do is we would try to actually book the appointment sheets right then. And if someone had extra time and they wanted to walk outside in their office or in a little adjacent conference room, we'd rip Mm -hmm. right there. And we made sure that it didn't matter who was in that room. We had something to offer them if it was going to be. Now we all know online training, remote training. Take it back 12, 13, 14 years ago. We were saying, oh, we'd write you programs and we'd train you and you'd come to my studio for one session. We would do whatever it took. And the fun part about it, it honed in on my ability to look around the room and connect with individuals and find their individual pain and then be able to specifically dial in my conversation throughout the presentation to their pain. So I wasn't just doing an esoteric lunch and learn. Every time it was different because the audience was different.
1: Mm. So you're in the trenches, you're going out there, you're trying to make relationships, you're trying to create awareness, you're trying to stimulate interest in your studios did the people start flocking to these studios (laughs) dude
0: i I would love to say that was the case but we did you know what it was it was like we were early we did get some we had some early success but with any success when you start climbing you get a little bit of an ego you start Mm. to feel like oh my chest started to puff out a little bit i started to feel real good and we didn't realize is that retention was the key and getting and setting up some systems early on so we ran into, we got a bunch of clients in, and then two months later, we were back to zero again. We're like, oh shit, how do we get them again? These people had already gone through. But one of the key things, Alex, that I'll tell you, is that we weren't tr- focusing on our ideal client. We weren't niching down. We weren't doing some of the things I learned later. It was basically, I would put a mirror underneath your nose, and if it fogged up, you were good to go. I would train you. And what happens with that is that it's a circuit, it's, a, it's basically a cycle. And you just keep going and going. And I was pulling in people because of my passion and because of the aggression that we were putting out in the marketplace, but it wasn't my ideal client and they were coming in and we had a fast turn rate.
1: So in terms of the turnover, you talk about people coming in, which is awesome. And maybe they'd stay for 30 days, two months. And you talk about the ideal client. So why were they turning over? I think this will be interesting for people to understand because the client retention is probably one of the most important things. Because once you get customers, you want to keep them because it's easier to keep or maintain versus going out pitching and trying to get new. Because there's obviously costs of time, resources, and and marketing, right? So let's look at like the reason why they were turning over. Because you probably found a fix for this.
0: Absolutely. So one of the reason they were turning over is that um, we were bring. Like I said, we were bringing. It didn't matter if you were eighteen, you were forty, you were eighty. We were bringing you in. And at the time, like I said, we didn't have a lot of equipment. We were basically kettlebells, battle ropes, TRX, and a squat rack. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the people were coming in with ailments. They were injuries. And they just really weren't fit to handle the type of workouts that we were providing for them. And then we had to go, okay, what are we going to do differently? So after, as I had a team of six trainers at the time, um, I, my business partner and I had to have a late night conversation. It was about 11 o'clock at night. And we're like, oh, shit, you know, how are we going to make payroll? Um, We don't really we don't have enough clients. We don't. So we we didn't love our model. And we were starting to get burnt out really early. And we'd only been in business maybe a year and a half, two years. So the fix was simply we had to go, Okay, what is not working? Well, what's not working is our model, our business model for who we are, what we do and what we want to deliver. Is not working? I don't like this group stuff. And at the time, groups are everything. Everybody wanted to leverage. Everybody should have a boot camp. Everybody should be doing semi-private. Yeah. Now, yeah. that shit works for some people. But in New York and where I was in one of the most competitive markets in the world, we were focused on high-end. Like Our areas were high-end network people. So they didn't want to go in with the 80 people in their group. So I decided that we we're going to change our model and go to one-on-one personal training high-end with nutrition coaching in addition to that. So what did I do? I got certified in precision nutrition. I got certified as an FDN, which is a Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. I wanted to specialize. And it's what I teach a lot of my coaching clients now. Don't generalize, specialize. If you do that, you're going to be able to stand out in any market and dominate because you're talking specifically to one type of client with one type of problem. Now, when we did this, Alex, it was crazy. Overnight, Greg and I started to get booked solid. Why? Because we started to market differently. We only we, I joined a high-end networking group which all the people were in a country club now i didn't have the thousand dollars at the time to do it but here's what i did i found it i put it on a card plastic as hell and luckily that card went through got gotten part of that became a major member of this country club right like this group started to shake in hands i was meeting with the guys who were doctors lawyers they were accountants right they all had what wives i would tell them what we did their wives started to come in Then I got invited to the North Shore Country Club. Before you knew it, we were booked solid. I had three more coaching, uh, more trainers with us, all doing one-on-one high-end personal training. Now, a lot of people talk about high ticket, but I was selling $3,000 packages back in 2011, all day, every day.
1: Insane. So you've gone from doing groups, generalist, trying to serve everyone, taking everything, basically like a trawler, just chucking out a net, Dragging it all in, getting all kinds of different things (laughs) caught up in the net. And then it's kind of hard to service everyone because everyone's got different needs, everyone's got different problems, different goals. And so you're building multiple kind of production lines to handle these different types of people. And what you're saying you did was you just went simplification and just narrowed it down, niched into one particular audience. Got extremely good at fixing those particular problems, but then focused on a personalized service and targeted a market that had money
0: absolutely brother that's the, that's the that's the secret sauce don't tell everybody
1: <laughs> but the, do you know what the the interesting thing is here is that you were charging so much, and I think a lot of people struggle to the wrap at their heads around this because a lot of people in the industry um and I've been subject to this as well is exchanging time for money, right? Let's exchange an hour, let's sell an hour of personal training, an hour of group training. When you're moving into this higher ticket type style of selling, explain what you're selling at that level because you're not selling time anymore. Not, not at those prices. No,
0: for sure. And so when you when you when I'm sitting down with Mr. or Mrs. Jones and I'm having a conversation about what it is that they want to accomplish. I don't have a normal sales conversation. Hey, Mrs. Jones, we have 10, we have 20, we have 30. No, Mrs. Jones, in the next 90 to 180 days, what's the outcome that you want to accomplish? See, it's outcomes. It's not dollars and cents in sessions when you transfer and you go from that mindset. It's going to be a lot easier. Like when you walk into a Mercedes dealership, you're looking at a high-end car. You're not walking in there saying, are they going to discount? And when they walked into my my studio, we changed everything. They had towels. They had water bottles. They had a – we were investing about probably somewhere around $40, $50 a box that we took, and we still have it right above me here. Every time my clients walk in, they were getting something when they left so that they were like, wow, this is where – I'm walking into Chanel. I'm walking into Louis Vuitton. I'm not walking into Joey Thuthina's gym. And that's what really sold it. And then and when you add in a great sales conversation, I mastered the art of selling. Two things. Niche, you want to specialize, you want to niche, and you want to master selling. The art of having a conversation with someone and being able to find out specifically what's their pain, where they want to go, and then how you can wrap your unique solution around that problem with and, and give it to them in a bow. That is really the art of selling. Too many people want to say it's NLP, it's all it is. It's simple. Listen, prescribe, sell.
1: Makes perfect sense. So, like, the the business that you've got at this point, um, not now, but I'm talking back then, is you had a studio, right? And you had these trainers working for you. You had six trainers. hmm Did you just start off by hiring six trainers, or did you start off with just you, and maybe your partner and then build from there like what was the process of going from just you to then scaling so quickly with all these trainers because i think this is going to be Great interesting class, for yeah. a lot of people and also it'll be interesting for people to understand whether they can just do this on their own and they do they need a team do they have to have a group of people or could they take a studio and, and build it on their own like can we talk about the mechanics of that sure
0: it really comes down to depending on what your goal is and your outcome for your business. You got to look at your business for one, you know, one of the things that we did early on is I made an org chart and I built this org chart. So it was a business and it wasn't going to be me rise, the personal trainer. So even though I, when I started, it was just Greg and myself in that org chart, and we had our names in all the different positions. We mm. knew from day one, which Stephen Covey talked about in the seven habits of highly successful people, is that you need to begin with the end in mind. Too many trainers get out, and they're like, oh, you know what? Mrs. Jones, give me some money. Boom. They take some the money, and they're like, this is great, and they just transfer that time for money. I didn't have that mindset. I knew I wanted to be a business owner. So mm. the process was starting out with the end in mind and then when i got my first i looked at it, i said okay you know what i have to hire first you can't a lot of a lot of trainers want to build it they want to see how far they can build themselves up and then hand clients off or they're going to get go out and market no the way we did it was i was booked I, I started to interview trainers i created a process for that interview process i brought them in and i talked to my mr and mrs jones from day one they knew that they weren't staying with me the whole time. Mrs. Jones, you're coming in and you're joining the Metaburn system. My coaches and I this is what we do. We do it better than anybody else in the market. So that they weren't buying Roz Slaughter, they were buying Metaburn Fitness, the business. So when, say Alex, you were one of my coaches, when I gave you one or two of our clients, they weren't shocked the shit that you were showing up. They expected that, but they also understood that we use a language with inside my walls of my studio. So when we, that you walked in, you were gonna say, Mrs. Jones, how you doing? High five, let's get your workout started today. How you feeling? This. Each and every one of my coaches state starts every session the same way. They greet the client. They bring them in. They ask how they're feeling. And then they go into what's called meta conditioning or a dynamic warm-up. Why? Because I want Mrs. Jones to feel like if she's coaching with me or she's coaching with Greg or Alex, that she's getting the same system.
1: So in terms of like other people listening to this in terms of trainers, maybe they've got like a really good client base in a commercial based gym, let's let's play it out. So they've got a, a really good client base in a commercial gym, they've been doing it maybe for a couple of years, really loyal clients and they think they can take those clients and maybe work in someone else's studio or maybe set up their own studio. What would be the logical step? Would you take those clients and would you move into someone else's studio, into a private space and build from there? Or what are the pros of them maybe looking for their own space and taking those clients and then bringing in more leads and hiring a trainer? What kind of the pros and the cons and the risks of those two options? Because it's the next logical step from a commercial gym.
0: Absolutely. So here's the thing. If you're working right now in a commercial gym and you have a good following, a good client base, and you're like, okay, I want to take that next step for me, Um, I would look to first take them to a, and it depends on how long you've been doing it and what your ambitions are. But first step, go to another gym where you can actually rent space and or, and make sure that you're not scaling up. So the more clients you get, the more you have to pay that gym owner. You want something that's fixed. A lot of trainers are afraid of that fixed cost because they go, what if I don't have a client? I'd rather just pay as I go. But what happens is the more sessions you do, the more you have to pay before Mm -hmm. you know it. It's like it's a direct reflection of your income and lessening it. So I really look into that model because that's what I did, and that allows you to start to build outside in your. Now you you have all control, right? Then when if you have you got if you're gonna build a business, you're gonna need some additional help. No business is gonna be built. So look for someone who has your skill sets, who has the kind of communication skills that you like, who are willing to actually sit into your system. But if you don't have a system yet, don't bring anyone on. You don't want to bring a trainer on and he's gonna be like, oh well, I do it this way. I do it that way because what that does is that taints your audience and your tribe early on and they start to split. And when they start to split, that's where you're going to have a challenge with building and growing. Now, if you're ready to go in and open up your own studio, I highly recommend that. But here's the thing. There's a caveat. You have to think, am I really cut out for being a business owner? Cause there are a lot of other things that are going to come about that you may not be ready for. It is not as easy as it seems. It's not four walls and some equipment. You got to understand that you're gonna need a team. You're gonna need a light. uh, You're gonna need an attorney to read your lease. You're gonna have to look at the far down the road, and you're really gonna have to master sales, operations, customer service. You're gonna have to master finance, knowing your numbers, and more importantly, how you're going. What's your growth scale? How are you gonna put this on on and throw some gasoline on over the next two to five years? That's really what you have to have the long term mindset. It can't be day to day. Because that's what really hurts a lot of uh, new studio owners. They're thinking, okay, uh, 12 months. No, you got to be thinking three to five years. Where do I want to go and how do I need to go there? And what are the logical steps I need to take to do that? And I highly recommend that if you're inside of a major big box gym right now, get, cut your chops. Don't run too early. Make sure that you listen to a guy like Alex. Learn how to really get your diary filled up so that then you, when you go outside that studio or that gym where they're not feeding you leads, You've already acquired the skill sets you need in order to actually have a conversation with anybody. You could be standing on a Starbucks line and have a conversation. You could be inside mm. of a store and have a conversation, hand a business card and know what to do, how to collect that information, their phone number or email, so you can follow up with them.
1: Great advice, by the way. And then um, in terms of like the logical time to do it, because people need to have potentially an abundance Of leads or demand to justify going okay I'm in this space right now maybe it's the commercial gym maybe it's in a more private studio space but they can't maybe service everyone is that when you make the decision that you're going to open a studio or can you make the decision to open a studio and then double down on the marketing and get a ton of leads and then hire someone to help you service the leads great question
0: so i think that when you're when you're booked solid you're going to want to take a little bit you don't want to overbook yourself because then you're not going to have time to work on your business before you make that step you got to sit down and spend some time that might be a month that might be two months really drawing out what the plan looks like you want to have a blueprint okay here's what i want to do here's what's going to happen you could marketing is simple once you understand who you are what you stand for what you stand against You're going to be able to attract your ideal clients, Mm. even inside, outside. So that's not a problem. So you don't need to have a bunch of leads already and and, and have a boatload in your pipeline. What you need to know is who you are, what you stand for, what you stand against, and what makes you unique in the market. So when you leave that gym that's feeding you, you can go out there and stand on top of the mountain and say, here's what I do. Who has this problem? Because I can solve it, and I solve it better than anybody else. Because the one thing that separates people is that you must have that unique message. It's it's critical for you to have a message. What do you stand for and stand against? For me, when I say like for my personal training studios, Metaburn Fitness is Long Island's most respected personal training and nutrition company for women, bar none. We're known for creating radical transformations inside women over forty. Boom. So when right when I have that conversation, Rehearsed. yeah, absolutely. To a tee. So then like, if I'm having a conversation with you, Alex, and you have a wife, and I say, yeah, I help women in this and this, and oh, yeah, and then your wife's standing there and I tell her that, she's like, hmm, eyebrow lifts up like the rock. Boom. She's ready to get some information. I can book that consultation all day, every day.
1: So it's all about getting the marketing in check, knowing who you are, your marketing message, and who you're effectively targeting. And then once you get comfortable and you know how to execute on those things, then you could be in a position to maybe launch a studio, but you need the plan, you need the map, you need the blueprint. It's not like just becoming a personal trainer, for instance, where you could go, okay, let's be a trainer, level two, level three, let's jump in a big box, let's go and get clients. It's not that simple, because it's more of a mechanical business with a lot of overheads. But here, this is the interesting part. What is the kind of upside, right? Because there's big risk. So there must be some huge upside, and you'll know from launching multiple of these things and helping people, the upside. So let's look at it. Let's look at it comparatively. You can be a trainer in a in a commercial gym, fully booked, 40 hours a week, charging, let's say over here in the UK, 30 to 40, 40 pound an hour, right? So that's going to get you anywhere between 50, 60, 70K max in income. I don't know what that is in dollars, but that's UK Sterling. Now, let's look at it from the studio perspective. So once they get to a level, they've picked up the business skills, they're in a position where they know their message and who they want to help, and they want to launch a studio, there's going to be some costs, and there's also going to be some profits. How does that look from year one, two, and three? So we can see the upside versus just being a trainer. Absolutely.
0: So here's, here's how it works. If you're if year one, that year is your, is your break-even year. It's not a year that you're gonna go out and buy a new house and a Mercedes. But what I can tell you is that it is, the upside is freedom. See, like, I, right now, Alex, I'm shooting this video, or this uh, podcast with you, and I'm sitting in my home office, yet yeah, three studios are up and running and clients are getting trained. I'm looking at the calendar right in front of me behind this iPad. So that's leverage. The upside, number one, is now you have leverage and you don't have to do all the heavy lifting. But year one is gonna be where, if you think that you were just training 30 hours a week in the big box, you may go double that to 60 hours a week for yourself. Now, here's the thing, you can't be afraid to hustle because there's gonna be things that you have to do that nobody else can do in the beginning. For one, you may be cleaning your own studio. You may be building stuff out. You may be having to change the studio around a couple of times and make the flow work for you. But that is fun. So if you're afraid of hard work, don't go on your own. That's what I'm telling you. Because I can tell you, I've had to paint, I've had to build equipment. I've had to plunge, plunge your toilets And I love it. Why? Because I am an entrepreneur. I love being in business for myself. If you don't like the upside and the downside, don't do it. Now, I'm keeping it real with your listeners because too many people out there online aren't. They're telling you it's easy to do it. I can get you 20, 30 clients every month on automatic. I can just push enter and you can build your business. It's not going to happen like that. I've seen more gyms go out of business because they had the pipe dream. They didn't have anybody that kept it real with them and talked to them and told them, here's year one. Now, year two is where you're taking that data that you have from year one, 12 months of revenue, 12 months of expenses, 12 months of ups and downs, your marketing costs. And now you can start to say, okay, what do I need to do and adjust it so that I can optimize and start to grow? So year two, you should definitely see some more profit. But here's the deal. I'm going to tell you, make sure you pay yourself first day one. Set yourself up with a salary. Do not say, oh, at the end of the month, I see how much is left. Because what will happen is you will get burnt out. You'll be working your ass off and feel like you're not getting rewarded for it. And then now you're doing the work. You got your marketing tweak. You got your customer service tweak where you're getting referrals and raving fans and testimonials. Big tip. If you're not creating amazing results, you're not going to be in business. Now you can bring on your team. You want to start to build your staff. You want to start to build your tribe and your community. Year three is where it gets fun, because that's where now you have your team, you have your community, you have your message. You've been in your local market, building the second step, which is authority. When you build authority in your market, there's nothing that no one can say that no one's gonna come in your backyard and say, oh, take your client. See, when you come into Long Island or you come into South Florida right now in my neighborhood, I am the menopause specialist. There's no one better than me. There's no one talking and having a conversation. There's no one putting out more content than me. That's what you need to do enable able to grow a real business that's profitable.
1: Okay, so we're talking month one, set up. Month two, looking at the data, making adjustments, refining, improving, doubling down on what works, uh, getting rid of the things that don't work. And then month three is when we see the, uh, sorry, year three is when we see the fruits. Like, mm-hmm. What are we talking? Obviously, let's throw some figures out there. Let's, okay. let's try and get some figures going. Let's see what's what's in this, right? Because a lot of people will be doing it for the pride of running a, a studio, having their own gig. Other people will be in it to make a shitload of cash, right? So let's just keep mm-hmm. it real. Let's see what's mm-hmm. in it. Let's see what's in 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 the in the fruit tree. <laughs> let's see what's I going love, on. I, lo-
0: I, I love that question, and Alex, that is, that is great because a lot of times you get on these podcasts, right? And like, no one wants to talk about numbers. Everyone's like oh I'm doing great well I'm gonna give you some real numbers here. So the idea is like the number one thing is that everyone talks six figures right? Well six figures ain't shit and, and, and here's why I'll say that a hundred thousand dollars a hundred thousand dollars is like probably like 80 uh, eighty thousand in your in UK yeah. uh, but when you get six figures you're not taking six figures home. You know, so like what you need to be, and, and I've created the 250K model. So you need to be generating over 20, $25,000 a month. That's where you start to say, hmm, this is good. I'm bringing home a good salary. I got health insurance. I have a great team. That's where you need to get to. In order to do that, you need to reverse engineer your business model. You need to know exactly how many clients do you need to have on EFT electronic transfer so that you can actually hit your number each and every month. Now. The average trainer is making somewhere probably between five and eight thousand dollars if they're good, right? Ten thousand, you know that you're in that six figure, one hundred twenty thousand range. That's mm-hmm. you should be able to hit that inside of eighteen months. So the, if you like, if you really love this business, eighteen months you should go from zero to one hundred twenty thousand dollars. Then it slows down a little bit because then you have to optimize and refine some of your systems. You have to refine those things that are working and not working, like you said, Alex. But I can tell you that if you wanna build a lifestyle fitness business where you can have some time with your family, make sure you can take care of them financially, savings, you're gonna need to be over six figures. You're gonna be at two hundred to two hundred and fifty K. That's gonna you need to have a business model. A business model like mine that has high end training as well, multiple streams of income coming in. So year one, you may just have fitness. But year two, you need to add in some additional streams, other service it, offering. We have nutrition coaching. We have supplementation. We also do some retreat stuff. These are ways that you can bring in more money with a higher profit margin.
1: Got you. So we're looking at like um, year three. Realistically, you if you build it correctly with the right level of team, you could be doing north of 200K. Absolutely. In, and that's gross profit. Before you do salaries, <laughs> overheads, and costs, and then the owner would be taking what?
0: So, owner should be taking home seventy to a hundred thousand dollars.
1: Okay, that's net profit to the to the owner, yep. right? And then you've Absolutely. got a hundred k worth of costs on trainers, overheads, services, and whatever. Right. Keeping some
0: money inside your business as well. I never, I never take it all out. See, I can take one hundred and thirty, and then at the end of the year, there's no money left in the business. I always wanted to leave some money in the business. This allows me to have a healthy business for those lean months that where things don't work so well. Your, your campaign flops. Yeah. You didn't bring in enough clients. Yeah,
1: like a sinking fund just to absorb, like a buffer, right, which is always safe yep. to have. Um, so w- with this north of 200K, is this when you're layering it in the other income streams or do they come next? Do they come on top? So, or to get to that n- two, north of 200K, do you need the extra levels of income, like you said, the subs? the retreats, the extras?
0: So here's the thing. You want to start to layer those on pretty much after year one. Once you refine your system to what you do and what's the the number one, your core offer, you want to start to layer some of those on. It could be something as simple as, hey, adding nutrition coaching to your program now. Um, It could be bringing in some software. It could be bringing in an in-house nutritionist who now you're not doing the work, but they meet with all your clients once a week and it's an additional income stream. So that's when you want to start to add that on. Year three is when you really start to look at, okay, I have this one studio. I've figured out this model. Do I scale up? Do I open a second and a third Mm. and a fourth? See that's where for the owner and the entrepreneur who thinks bigger, that's where the money lies because then you can say, okay, now I'm taking my 70,000 salary from this gym. Number one, but I'm going to take 35 and do nothing in gym. Number two, I'm going to take 35 in gym number three because you're going to have to put a manager who's going to have to cut some of that salary. And now you have yourself at over $135,000 a year and three studios.
1: Okay. And then it gets interesting because surely every year that passes and the consistent income that's coming into those businesses, they become profitable, uh, trackable businesses that then could be consolidated and effectively sold off acquisition later on Mm -hmm. even without any even without any equity built into them even if all the equity is taken out they can then be sold off to someone that just wants a done for you based business where they come in and then they just reap the profits
0: absolutely that i built my business from the start with the end in mind so like and i think like Stephen covey right
1: like Absolutely. you said, Stephen Covey. But,
0: but you, you have to have the thinking. Of, and, and same thing with, you know, Michael Gerber talked about in the E evening. You want to franchise even if you don't want to. So you're building out these systems. <clears throat> so I'm able to take MetaBurn Fitness and hand it to someone because I've, and I and my brand is called the one hour trainer. And the reason that it's the one hour trainer is that I don't talk about training clients one hour. It's about how do you get yourself to run a business where you're not required in there every single hour. It's a leveraged business. And when you're not that number one trainer, if you're training more than 25 percent of the sessions in your gym, your gym's not sellable. It's not very good. And here's why. Because if Alex, if you're looking at buying my gym and and I'm doing all the sessions, you have to worry about when you take me out of the equation, what's going to happen to the profitability of that business? So as an owner, you want to reduce the amount of time you're personally putting into training and fulfilling because that allows someone to look at your business and say, oh, you got four trainers doing that? They'll stay on, I'll keep paying them well. This is an investment. How much, are you, how much profit is at the end of the year? Oh wow, this is a good idea for me.
1: Makes perfect sense. So do you just keep duplicating and duplicating and duplicating these studios and does it become faster over time or does it always still take the same amount of time to launch a new one, even though you have the blueprint from the last one?
0: As you can see my smile, um, this is uh, this becomes easy too. Um, I just moved, I, I, I'm, I'm shooting this video with you from South Florida right now. Um, back July, I left New York, both studios there and basically just flew to Florida. Had no friends, no contact, no clients, no studio. I didn't have shit. And within 14 days I was up and running and I had a business that was on pace to do six figures in the first 12 months. How did I do that? It's called having a blueprint. So I knew how to, I knew my ideal client. I knew how to build authority fast in the market. I also, and I did it with $2,000 and we called it the Florida Project. I documented the entire process of that journey because I wanted to share with other fit pros that a lot of people said, oh, Roz, anybody could be a one hit wonder. Anybody could do it in their own backyard where they know all their friends and family, where they went to high school or whatever. But could you, I said, no, I, once you understand the mastery of a couple things and you understand this. It's business. Business mm-hmm. principles work universally anywhere. If I flew to the UK and I knew how to talk to people and have a conversation, I'm gonna close them on sales. If I if I'm in Australia, same thing. So we were able to do that. You're gonna be able to open up faster, but the question is, do you want to? See, I think sometimes people and when I'm advising trainers, don't just scale for the hell of it because it's a sexy word. And Cardone said we need a 10x everything. No, you want to say. What's your lifestyle look like? What do you want to do with your family? Because I can tell you that as you grow, you will start to incur new problems. And I've incurred some new problems, and you have to make sure that you're ready to step up as a leader and actually be able to handle that shit. Mm. See, like, I I can tell you that if we – I closed a six-figure studio simply on the fact that I couldn't stand the landlord. And I don't like stress in my life. See, one of the core beliefs is I should live a a low-stress life. And this man was putting a lot of stress on me, so I was like, "The hell with the building, the hell with the profitability." it was a not even a 250 square foot apartment, dude. We were killing it right near the train station, making with I mean, it was just ridiculous. Like I think we're doing at what i like 15k a month with one trainer there all day, and and I never had to step foot in and train a single session. We closed it down because it was too much stress. So you got to ask yourself, why am I doing the business? And am I still passionate and excited about it every
1: day? I'm smiling over here for anyone watching this back because you said something there um, that's quite profound. And I have this same conversation with my clients when they get to a certain level. Because it's like, well, what's next? And they're thinking, well, what is next? Or where do I go from here? Or where do I take this? And I come back to what you just said a minute ago is what life do you want to live? How do you want your life to look? What lifestyle do you want? Because the business facilitates the lifestyle, but if you build a business that doesn't give you the flexibility to live the lifestyle you want, don't build a business that way. Particularly if you're a business owner and you have the options to make decisions whether to take your business 50% online so that when your kids are growing up, you can actually be at home and spend some time with them or because you wanna spend time traveling. Or if you actually like face-to-face training people, then don't give up that side of the business if that's important to you. And it's not so much about the business that I tell people to start with, it's more that how do you want your life to look? How, what life do you wanna live? How does that look? And create the business that facilitates that. So you're right, you could keep scaling and scaling and scaling, but would that compromise the things that are more important to you? And I suppose that will dictate the speed. The speed will be, can you invest the time and do you want to invest the time in growing at that pace?
0: For sure, man, you nailed it there. It's, it's so, it's, we get caught up and, and, and this is something that I, I'm on my soapbox It's like everybody's talking money, but nobody's talking impact and no one's talking about lifestyle. Mm. Like everybody says, oh, I want to make so much money. You don't need a ton of money to live the lifestyle you want unless your goal is to have a jet and a, and a Bentley and fly around the world. Then you need sure. to figure out a new model, right? Because our model is about helping people and impacting people. But at the same time, if you do the right things with your money over time, you're going to, you have to play smart. And and I truly think that when I'm teaching, you heard me talk about my five pillars, finance. I tell trainers all the time, okay, if you make 100000 your first year, second year, how much of that are you going to put away for long term? Because here's the thing, you don't want to be counting reps when you're 60, You don't want to be lifting someone else's weight when you're 60 and you don't want to be waking up at 5.30 in the morning to go train someone at 60. You want to make sure that you're playing the long game. Mindset is the key to success in fitness.
1: Mm. In anything, in life in general. Yes, absolutely. Mindset is the key and I know a lot of people think it's woo-woo but no, bullshit, it's actually what moves the needle. If you look at any high-level performer um or any of these kind of like big mastermind groups they're not talking about systems and strategies a lot of them are talking about your mindset when do you wake up how do you eat how do you train how do you allocate your time because those little increments to the the way that you live have a big impact on the quality and success of a business when when you're such when you're such high up but at (coughs) every level the mindset's really important um what was I going to ask you then? Um, I had a bit of a mind kind of moment when you mentioned something. Oh yeah, you said about the um, you said about one of the five pillars, right? Which is which is finance, the final financial aspect. Let's dive into the other four. Let's what are the other four, and then let's dive into some of those because I'm sure these things are going to be extremely viable for for people.
0: Absolutely. So the first one is sales. We've talked a little bit about right sales marketing customer service, operations, finance. Those are all five. Um, so which one would you like to start with?
1: Sales, my favorite.
0: Beautiful. Um, sales, really simple. Master selling. Get some books on it. I mean, you can't see behind me, but my books are everything to me. Learn from um, Chet Holmes, the automatic <laughs> can, sales machine.
1: I can see dog training for dummies. Is that what I can yeah. see? Yeah. you
0: know what's funny? There's that's, a that's secret
1: sauce, said. guys. I've seen it. <laughs>
0: That, my son got me that book because we got a puppy. That's great. Love but, it. Uh,
1: Guys, if you, yeah. if you want to crush it, go get that book. Dog Training for Dummies.
0: Exactly, man. If you okay. got a puppy, it's going crazy. But selling, Check Holmes, yeah. the automatic sales machine, great book. Anything that you're, um, by Brian Chase Tracy on selling. Um, Grant Cardone, great on selling. Yeah. That's the number one thing. And, and here's the thing. When it comes to selling personal training, don't try to be like everybody else. Find your voice. Find your voice. How do you speak, and how does your audience accept that energy? See, I'm a high energy. I know you got. We both have. We vibe like that. But if I'm talking to Mrs. Jones, who's 55 years old and going through menopause, I'm going to speak to her in this tone because I'm yeah. not going to be like this jacked up guy, you know. And if you're if you're a big guy, you got to look at who your your audience is and make them mm. feel safe. That's number one. So marketing, um, marketing is everything. Here's what you got to know about marketing. You got to match your market with your message. So if you got to find out who do you serve and what do you do different than everybody else. You can't be like the big box gyms. You can't, you're not going to be able to compete with them on a marketing dollar for dollar. So you got to find out what's the unique proposition, if we want to use that term, or your unique message that allows you to speak to them. For me, it's menopause, right? I, I speak to Mrs. And Mr. jo- Mrs. Jones. But when i talk to my males i have a program called warrior 56. why because i want to talk to that alpha male who's he's trying to stand up and remember how it felt to be strong and flexible and mobile i utilize language that they're going to resonate with Mm. you know mrs jones doesn't feel confident anymore mrs jones sleeps with the, the she goes and she gets intimate with her husband with the lights off one of my key questions in sales is mrs jones let me ask you: When you get out the shower and you look at yourself in your full-length mirror, what's the reflection looking back at you? Ooh. What did I do there, Alex? I connected an emotion. Mm. See, we yeah. need to understand that women logical. I mean, emotional men are logical, right? Yeah. So I that, when and you want to connect within your sales and your marketing. That those are the first two that you need to master. Marketing is simple: getting out there and learning. You got to go out there and do it. And, and here's what I tell people. Don't fucking be a copycat marketer. That's horrible. Huge opportunity. Looking for 10 women in the Unix area. No, that's not what you want. You got to find out how do you get your content out there consistently each and every day that's different. You know, I, I'm, I'm known as the motivator. Why? Because I, I feel that that's something that resonates. How did I get that, that mantra, right? Or the, it was I surveyed my audience. And they mm. told me one word that resonated with my energy. See, I didn't go out there and create this guy and say, "Oh, I'm this," because if you do that, they're gonna—it's not gonna connect. You're not gonna be congruent. Um, so then we got sales, marketing, operations. See, this is when you when you look at operations, that's where you start to see the growth in the business because now your leadership is that question. How? What are the what are the systems inside your business that you need to make sure you tweak? Right. So you're gonna have a team. You got to have a system for opening your gym, closing your gym. Those are critical so that you can have that unification across the board, right? You have to have an admin who's going to make sure that, hey, when you're talking about you, and one of the key things, I have a job description out for every position, a clear job description. My accountant knows exactly what his job description is because I don't want him thinking he's going to talk to me about other shit. Your job is to make sure I pay less money to the government. That's it. I don't I don't want you to tell me where to invest my money. Right. So mm. that's critical. And and I think that we we don't think about that. And then the last one is customer service. Customer service is what we don't a lot of people think. Oh, I do. I do great things in customer service. I'm going to show you guys something real quick right here. This is something that every one of my clients get when they walk in the door. So when they finish and that's a, and then I open it up here and it has
1: some goodies. I thought it was going to be a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: and one, of, one of the things is that you want to nice. to indoctrinate, indoctrinate your clients immediately. Now, if you're inside the big box right now, that's okay. This is something you can start with. You can start with a water bottle. You can start with, but I got a nice letter here. Yes, yeah, I nice. got a journal. I got a journal that I want them. I got a towel in there. And it's got woo, extra paper shit. Why did I do that? That's to add the class. That's to add. When you go into high end places, they give you these things, right? Mm. My clients take this home with them. They're already indoctrinating into the process of wow, I like being here. They just gave me a thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollars. A lot of trainers send their new clients home with nothing, and like they wonder why they have the three day whoa, the, the the buyer's remorse, or they only get half the pre- half of their through half their sessions before they're out the door. Mm. Customer service. Inside a customer service, here's a couple of systems that you need. You need to have a referral system because every client should be worth three clients. Every one, you pay for the first, you get the other three in addition through time, through getting results. You need to have a testimonial system. How are you capturing the before and after and making sure you're documenting the journey? Because you're at an 80-20, Pareto's law, right? You bring 10 clients in, two superstars. Mm. That's it. You want those two superstars because they're going to build your business for you. They're your edification, your authority building, your social proof, right? Now you have that, and then you want to make sure that you have an exit strategy. Every client that leads, you need to know why. You don't just go, go fuck yourself. You didn't want to be here. Another thing I like to do is recognition. Recognition. This is huge. You melted 20 pounds at Metaburn Fitness. They love, that. love getting this. This is yeah, guys. Uh, uh,
1: for anyone that can't see this, it, he's got a jersey. Um, it's like a tank top. Yep. What is it it you tank call top? it? Tank top yep. with you lost. You burnt twenty twenty pounds. Yep. Yeah. So it's, it's creating, creating that positive psychology and just the appreciation of their hard work, and you're creating the the, the tribe in the community effectively. And people people are attracted to people, and they want to be in that community. So you're really just meshing everyone together and doing this indoctrination and just creating the tribe, which are, which keeps coming up, right? Those are the important things. You build a community. Communities stay together. Communities don't leave.
0: Yep. Absolutely, brother. And that's, and that's the key. And then the last one, when we talk about operation, I mean, when we talk about finance, you want to know your metrics. You need to know your numbers. Don't fly blind. You, nobody's getting on a plane without that pilot doing a pilot check. He's going through, he's walking around making sure that everything is A okay before they take off. When you run your business, at least every 30 days, take a look at your balance sheet, take a look at your PL, make sure you understand how to read those numbers. Look at if you're doing marketing, make sure you know your cost for acquisition. Make sure you know, don't just hire out. Oh, yeah, I can hire someone to do my Facebook. Yeah, I don't think it's, it's not the best use of my time to go inside a Facebook manager and set up my ad set, but you better fucking believe I know how to do it.
1: Mm.
0: because I I believe that inside my business, I need to be the sheet. I need to be the key. So like in the cook, he knows how to make the food, but he's not the chef, the sous chef. That's critical element to your business.
1: Love it, mom. Did we cover all the points there? All five, right? Yep. Uh, Awesome. Awesome. So let's end on this one. And this is something that I ask everyone. And this will be great from you because you've been in the industry for a long time and you'll have your own ideas What do you think makes a good coach?
0: What do I think makes a good coach? I I think what makes a good coach is that they have passion and they want to help people. What makes a great coach is that they're willing to believe in Kaizen, constantly and always improving. they never arrive. The minute you think you know everything about our industry is the minute you're dead and you're out. This industry is ever-evolving. Right now, we're in the major trend and shift of online coaching and virtual coaching and training from anywhere. But what I can tell you is that nothing's going to change. There's always going to be trainers that are belly-to-belly, face-to-face, one-on-one. It's not going anywhere because people like connection. So become a connector and you'll master this game.
1: Love it, man. Love it. So in terms of people who are in this kind of position where they're on the fence about moving and launching a studio or scaling their business in a different direction you help people do just that right Mm -hmm. so how does that look and how can people find more is there somewhere they can go to learn more exactly about some of the steps they need to take because i know you've got loads of content out there that people can start gorging on and getting some more information from what you do so can we talk about that and where people can go to to find out more about scaling into the studio world
0: absolutely thank you for this opportunity um the first place i w- i'll tell you is that i'm all about mastery so i named my website fitness business mastery and if you, if you heard me talk about the five pillars That's what I talk about all day, every day there. If you go to fitnessbusinessmastery.com, you're going to have the opportunity to learn um, my sales script. I have an 11-minute sales script that will have your clients and prospects begging you. It's very simple. It changed the game for me. I've sold over $2 million in personal training in the last six years utilizing this 11-minute script. It's super simple. It's called the Invisible Interview. Highly recommend you check that out. It's in the top right-hand corner of fitnessbusinessmastery.com next thing i mean and what i do is i really just like i talk to people i'm just like them i'm not some guru i'm not some coach just trying to build a business and and i don't know what the hell's going on i still own studios i still train clients that's what makes me unique and when i have a conversation with you i don't need to sell everybody because it's not my number one business my number one business is owning personal training studios attracting clients and closing clients so that really makes us unique and if you want to watch what we did here in Florida, you can check out the Florida project. It's at TFPShow.com. That's TFPShow.com. And uh, that's really, you'll get the first six episodes of this uh, of the uh, entire show. We did 10, 11 episodes uh, from season one. We're actually in film for season two, where I'm going to be talking about the next level of after you get it up and running, how you bring on a coach, how you onboard new people, and what are some of the trials and tribulations that I've run into as I had a number of clients say, oh, I want to train with you only, and how I overcame that. So I really, that's about it, man. I mean, you can find me on Facebook if you want to look me up there. Don't go looking for me on Instagram. That's not my place.
1: <laughs> that's where I started. <laughs> 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 Nothing, no response. Then when we get on <laughs> Facebook, wow, this is where he hangs out. So yeah, guys, yeah. if you if you want to see um, in action Raz just killing it on Facebook then head over there and um, what's what is it Raz Slaughter how do, how do we spell it? yeah that? so
0: if, if you want to look it's just Coach Raz Coach, Coach Raz you'll, you'll see yep you can type that in and you'll see a whole bunch of shit pop up and we'll have some fun jam out
1: awesome man um, this has been great really love jamming with you um, any final words before we wrap this thing up
0: Oh, final words, is Alex. Thank you so much for allowing me to get on here. I'm passionate about this industry. I love helping fit pros. I love this industry. It's done everything for me, changed my life. And I think that if you're a passion driven personal trainer, coach, um, just look to make, leave an impact. And if there's anything I can do to help you, and I'm sure Alex is doing a great job as well, look us up, man. Because the number one thing is you can't do it alone. I started hiring coaches very, old, very early on in my career because i knew that i wanted to buy speed and i didn't want to make a bunch of fucking mistakes and i could avoid mistakes by going and following someone who knows what i'm doing
1: awesome man thank you so much brother i really appreciate you taking your time to um share some amazing things with people hope everyone got a load of value from that um if you enjoyed it feel free to share it on your stories and just help us spread the message so we'll leave it there thank you so much
0: thanks guys talk to yourself be well
1: Thanks for tuning in to this week's episodes. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did enjoy the show, I would be really grateful if you could leave a short review or post a comment on what you'd like to hear in future episodes. And if you're a face-to-face personal trainer with room to take on additional clients, head over to coachingignited.com where you can apply for our 30-day Client Accelerator program and find out more about our business, sales, and marketing training platform. See you on the next episode.